Wednesday nights talking about some stuff. <clears throat> I'm going to go to the book, the first book of the pastoral epistles. Hmm? First Timothy. The pastoral or pastoral epistles are first and second Timothy and Titus. But I'm going to kind of break into it in the middle a little bit. <clears throat> I'm going to talk about a pastor, his qualifications, and his duties. Now we've all got our, if you're a child of God, you've got duties. Amen. We all do, and not many really realize that or face up to that. We've all got duties as a child of God. He didn't save us for us to sit back and do nothing. He saved us to serve him. Amen. And, to, and serving him, now there's all kinds of ways that we can serve him. But he has some specifics here. And the reason they call First and Second Timothy and Titus pastoral epistles is because they specify pretty much what a pastor is and what he's to do. Not only that, but that's the gist of them. And that's why they're classified as pastoral. But I'm going to go to 1 Timothy in the third chapter. Hold your place there and go to the first chapter. I'll read a couple verses here and then we'll go back over there. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, unto Timothy, my own son, in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ, our Lord, as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions, rather than godly edifying which is in faith, so do. So there he's given Timothy, his son in the faith, instructions as a pastor. And so we'll back up to that a little bit. Look at chapter 3. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, Apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruled the well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For a man know not how to rule his own house, how should he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. 
Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into the into reproach and the snare of the devil. And then he gets to the deacons. But look over at Titus now. <clears throat> no, I didn't turn far enough. All right. Uh, chapter 1 of Titus. Verse 5, for this cause left I thee in Crete. Well, that's in the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, that thou should set in order the things that are wanting, lacking. Wanting is lacking. And ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. Now, if you just stop right there, you might think, well, just go and appoint some people as elders. But that's not he says, if any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word, as it been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers, for there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake, and one of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works... They deny him being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. So, these are the most explicit qualifications and instructions for pastors. Now, let's look at chapter 3. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office... Of a bishop. Now that word bishop in the Greek is episkopos. We get the word episcopal from that word. And that's why they call it the episcopal church. Because that's the way that it's governed. But this word means overseer of the Lord's church. You got an elder, bishop, and a pastor. Those three terms for one office. And they all three describe some Different aspect of the one office. If a man desire the office, well, there's got to be a desire. It says the same thing uh, for deacons. If a man desire the office, it cannot be just because you desire it. God has to call you. But if a man desire the office, 
He desires a good work. But now we enter into the qualifications. A bishop then must be blameless. Now if you notice, what he tells Titus is in a few different words, but it's basically the same thing. A bishop then must be blameless. That means uh, not perfect, but he can't have outstanding people have charges against him outside of the Lord's work, outside of the church. Never, never have any fun, never be able to function. And why would you want a man that everybody's accusing him of this and that? Now, sometimes they accuse you falsely, but he cannot have a reputation of being a liar, a thief, doesn't pay his bills, and all, and even worse. The husband of one wife, it says that in Titus, says it right here. All of the Greek scholars, A.T. Robertson, uh, Albert Barnes, a good commentator, they all agree. This means one at a time. And the reason for that, in these days, polygamy was all over. And it was considered legal. Polygamy is not legal. Polygamy is a felon offense, felonious offense today. I have an idea it won't be long till they will remove that. It's they're trying to get it now. That's the thing about the about the Mormons. That was their big deal. Multiple wives. That's why they say you had uh, Joseph Smith and then Brigham Young. Did you catch that? Yeah. Brigham Young, Brigham Young, because he had. They had multiple wives, and they say, well, they don't do that now. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They keep it under wraps, but they, yes, they do. All of, the, all of those branches off, and they split off branches of the Mormons, and they all do it. Multiple wives. Well, that's what he's talking about. Now, let me give you this. People say, all oh, that means a man can't be divorced. If you're legally married, you got married legally by the state. And that's how you're recognized as legally married. If you got a legal divorce, the same authority that pronounced you married also pronounced that marriage Broken. The people, oh, I don't, I, he might be divorced, but he's still married. What an idiot. What an idiot. No, that's not. God divorced Israel. Was he still married to her? No, the divorce cancels that marriage. Say, so, well, it shouldn't be that way. You're absolutely right. Divorce is caused by sin on either one or both parts. I know the divorce that God had 
was caused by the sin of one part, not both. And I think there are many others that are not caused by both parties. But at any rate, if they're legally divorced and remarried, they are married to one. And unless you're just a, an utter, absolute, hard-headed idiot, that's, that's the way it is. Now, it, polygamy never was right. But it was accepted and even legalized by many heathen, heathen countries. But God is not okaying it in the Lord's churches. Now here, some things, well, I'll never have to face it. Well, if you don't do anything, you may not have to. You know, you, if you don't ever go into place, do anything, don't ever try anything, you probably won't experience anything. But if you actually get out and go someplace and do something and try to do something, you'll encounter a lot of things. Supposing God sent you to be a missionary in a land that has legal polygamous marriages. Now you might have to face this. You might have to deal with it. So don't ever think that all oh, I just it can't be. Well, yes, it can be. Yes, it can be. And that's what it was then. Anyway, vigilant. That comes from word for you. If you, when you set watch, and you're on the front lines in a battle, and you set a, you've got a watch, guard. What y'all have? Four hours, two hours, four hours, two hours. But you must be vigilant. To catch you sleeping, more in more time, you can be shot. Uh, well, I stay awake. You better do something to stay awake. You better put a hunting knife through your cheek or something. Yeah, yeah, do something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because it's. It's everybody else's life, not just yours. Vigilant means to be on guard, on for everything. Well, this man that's going to be a pastor must be vigilant. So, well, he's always on this and on that. He's supposed to be. Amen. Sober. Now, that's not particularly talking about as opposed to drunk. Sober thinking, calm, sober thinking, not wild thinking, crazy thinking, sober of good behavior. I've seen preachers get out and not be of good behavior. It's not, not much of a witness either. Given to hospitality. We give. Giving is second nature to a child of God. And a pastor is to set the example. 
Be thou an example, he says here in Timothy. And so, given to hospitality, we're glad to invite people to eat, to provide things for them to eat. Beverly know what I'm talking about. We saw one time a pastor of a church have a meal for a few, few people and deny others access to it in the church. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, she knows what I'm talking about. Oh, that is not given to hospitality. Uh, used to participate in a big conference. And I've heard those women. We've had five different churches participating. And I'd be setting up our stuff in the, in the fellowship hall. And I'd hear some of these women from other, other churches bad-mouthing people that come to the conference. They just come over here to eat. And watch them steal food. Like each church would do a different part. We always got the salads because that's what nobody wanted. We got, we got that. Uh, but that's all right. We did what we were supposed to do. But here these got, they do the desserts. Well, they bake these pies and cakes, and you watch them carry them back out to their car, buddy, before anybody ever goes through the line. Take them home. Do that with meat and everything else. And then, very snotty with people to come. Many times those conferences, there'd be, there'd be families. Didn't have any money. But they're saved and they're trying to serve the Lord and they're coming to conference. Yeah, it's a good place for them to eat. But them back there sneering at them and all that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The pastor and his wife are to be given to hospitality and the church is to follow his example. Given to hospitality. Not just once every now and then. Oh, apt to teach. Apt from aptitude. You take an aptitude test. Show you what you're good at. Apt to teach. Well, somebody said, well, he, he might be a good preacher, but he ain't much of a teacher. He might be a good teacher, but he ain't much of a preacher. Brother Brown says, if there's no teaching, there's no preaching. Now, are there men that have a gift of gab? Yeah. And they're able to put out a line of talk? Yes, absolutely. Or you may hear somebody, somebody, boy, he'd make a good preacher. You don't know who would make a good preacher. You better let God decide that. Now, apt to teach means that you don't get upset with people because they ask questions. It means that you, you deliver what will encourage them and cause them to increase in learning. Now that's humanly speaking. The Lord, the Lord does the teaching. But he uses human instrumentality. And the bulk of a pastor, his work is teaching the word of God. 
Go you into all the world, teaching. Not given to wine. Now it does say the deacon not given to much wine. It does say that. It does say that. But it says not given to wine, and I'm talking about the pastor now. I believe a pastor ought to be a teetotaler. Now, not given to wine, then some say, well, that doesn't mean he can't have it every now and then. But I get back to this, wine is a generic term. Now, would you want a pastor that says, I keep beer in my refrigerator because every now and then I want one? Would you want a pastor like that? We have known some, haven't we, honey? I don't want one like that. You remember what Paul said, even beyond the abstinence thing, total abstinence, whether that's right or wrong, not even getting into that. Paul said the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It is good neither to eat eat, uh, meat or drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended, or is made weak. And let me tell you what. If you saw me drive my little buggy with pumpkin in that basket, and I do, she gets up there looking around. And you saw me go to the beer aisle and get a six-pack or get a wine, you know, Mogan David or whatever, and put it in my basket. Don't tell me that wouldn't evilly affect you. Just like if you saw me go out in the back and light up a cigarette. Be honest, would it bother you? Of course it would. I, oh, I wouldn't bother me. No, it wouldn't bother me. You're just lying through your teeth. You know good and well it would. So, he's to be of good behavior, not given to wine. No striker, uh, not a baller, not a striker. I've kidded people that they went on a strike. The Bible says not to be a striker. <laughs> it's not talking about that kind of strike. It's talking about that kind of strike. Not greedy of filthy lucre. Now, boy, I know some preachers that would, sir, knock them out. You know what filthy lucre is? Is money. And don't think, don't say it's not filthy because you see the germs on it. That's why you don't want it in your mouth. Oh, here's the next one. But patient. And you're trying to teach a church sound doctrine. They, they haven't been taught sound doctrine. You better have some patience. You're trying to teach them how to function as a church. They've never been taught. Maybe it's a new work. But maybe it's an older work that's never had proper teaching. But you better have patience. Remember how Moses got, uh, Lord, why have I got all these people? They're yours. And I can understand that. But a pastor must be patient, not a baller, 
That's, again, that's a fighter. Not covetous. That would go along with not greedy or filthy lucre. Not covetous. And there's, I've known quite a few. They never came down on the poor side. They always came down on the money side. Didn't matter what decision they were making, they always came down where the money was. That's their business. They'll have to answer to God for that. But a pastor is not to be covetous. He one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. If a man can't control his house, he needs to get it under control one way or another. For a man not know not how to rule his own house, how should he take care of the church of God? Well, this is a group, a congregation, and we have to function. Well, just like a house has to function. You can't have chaos in your house. I mean, granted, you can't control everybody, but at least your children, while they're under your control, husband and wife should work together in controlling those children. I like the one you're talking about, brother. I don't know what you'd do about that. I'd like to know some of the history of it and what's been done in the past. But, but, but the real truth of the matter is that we've all got depraved hearts. Amen. And there's anything that come, can come out of them. So I'm, I'm not going to blame the parents. It could be their fault. But probably not. We don't know how they, they've handled it. And I'll tell you what, there, there are children... That you, can, that you can just beat and beat, and all you do is you just make them bitter and turn them, you know, sideways. Uh, and they turn out to be really bad. Uh, so that's, that's a real problem. But a pastor, uh, to have his house under control, at least you see he's got, it's not chaos there. Uh, not a novice. Now, that word in the Greek would come out, a neophyte. Anybody ever hear that word? One newly bloomed out or grown out. Green. Huh? Green. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Not a novice. Well, we can learn stuff. But it's kind of like metal. Steel, metal is strong. I'm not a metallurgist. I'm not a blacksmith. I'm not a metal worker. But I do know this. That if, like you're going to make a knife or make a sword, you get the right kind of steel and all that, you melt it and you, you get, get it red hot and you beat, you know, on the iron, on the anvil and all that stuff. And all. But before that thing will ever hold an edge, you've got to temper it. So the point is, you've, you've got it there. It's got the looks, it's got the shape, but it won't do the job. It's got to be tempered. Do you do it in oil? You can do it in water or oil, can't you? It depends on what you're doing. Yeah. But you're tempering that steel. And I heard a preacher one time talking about that. He said, a young man has got to be tempered. A woman too. You've got to be tempered. You've got to have what you've learned. You may know it, 
but it's got to be set in and you've got to be tempered with it where you know how to handle it. So not a novice, uh, less being lifted up with pride. Look what I know. See, I know more than you do. I got this and I got That's not why you know that. You fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. What did the devil fall into? I will. I'm going to be like God. I'm going to be God. I'm going to move God out and I'm going to get in his place. There is the snare of the devil right there. And that pride, that pride goes before destruction. Uh, then he says, likewise must the deacons. Look over at Titus. Now, ordaining elders. See, there's one elder, pastor, bishop. Uh, he called a pastor, bishop over there. Here he calls elders. Referring to the same, to the same office. And ordaining elders in every city as I had appointed thee. Now, how, how is a man ordained? Well, when he's got a specific job to go to, a pastor or missionary, then the church calls for an ordination. And then when you get or you indict have your ordained brethren, you can invite others in. They don't have the authority. The church has the authority. And then you set up a, a council and of all the ordained brethren and uh, they record everything that's going on. And then one man is appointed, generally it's a pastor who does it, who interrogates the candidate. Young man is going to pastor a church. You interrogate him in front of everybody. You ask him all of his, well, his testimony of salvation, his call to preach, and all of his doctrinal beliefs. And he is to give a good account of himself. You might even ask him about, uh, you say you, uh, you saved and you served the Lord. Ask him this. I generally try to get this if nobody asks it. Do you tithe and give an offering regular? How can you preach for others to do it if you don't do it? Do you attend church regular? How can you preach to others to do it if you don't do it? I don't know how these preachers, they retire and quit going to church. They do, a lot of them do it. What they've been preaching about all these years? Is everything they've been preaching about false? If they don't, if they don't uh, abide by it. Anyway, so then uh, the brethren, if he's accepted, the church votes to ordain him, proceed with the ordination. And then uh, he comes up front, then the brethren lay hands on him. They say a prayer for him. While they got their hands on. And that's symbolic of passing on a gift. The gift of the ministry. Alright, so then. Uh, if any be blameless. The husband of one wife. Having faithful children. Not accused of right or unruly. I don't believe it's a requirement that all of them be saved. How can you require that? Well, having faithful children. Yeah. Having faithful children not accused of right or unruly, meaning that they're under, they're somewhat under control. That they're not some some kids just wild. For a bishop, now there he's got elder and bishop right there in the same passage. 
must be blameless as a steward of God. A steward of God is an overseer, not self-willed. Got to have your way. Listen here. I've seen pastors have just big fights over something like what color the carpet's going to be. A building is not the church. I'm glad we've got a building. We don't have to have. We can have a church without a building. We've got to have some place to meet, but we can meet someplace. But people get that Catholic notion that the building is holy. It's, it's, that's the, the work. No, that's not the work. So it's kind of like my house. I always felt like I go out and make a living and my wife takes care of the house. That's, that's the way I was raised. That's the way I was raised and that's the way I always, you know, and I think that's the right way. And I, so I'm out working and I come home and she says, honey, I want to paint my kitchen green. What green do you want to put on there? How do you want to do your home, your uh, trim? Do you want white ceilings or you want a green ceiling too? Am I lying? I let her decide how the furniture fits in the house. Just so I can get through. Sometimes I can have a problem with that. But I don't care what she does in that house. She's the one there looking at it all day. And got to work with it. If she needs something to cook with, uh, an appliance, I'm going to get it for her. I want her to have good tools. I want good tools to work with, don't you? I don't want to go use some Kmart tools working on an engine. You got to have good good tools. You got to have the best. And I was painting. I got good brushes. I had good tools. And I want to give her good tools to work with. I don't make her deal with junk. Well, I think that's the way it ought to be. I'm not going to have problems over material things like that. And I'm not going to have problems in the church over material things. Now, I want to try to lead. And this, I want us to do the best that we can do, the most economically that we can do. And I think that's what we do. That's how it's going to run because uh, we, we can't have... We can't afford to go hire a contractor to take care of everything. And we try to take care of things the best that we can do. Uh, and I, I think we all work together on that. Well, and that's, that's exactly the way it must be. Uh, where am I now? This, uh, not self-willed. Not self-willed. So, but I know some pastors, they have to have it their way. You have to follow me. I'm the pastor. Not on a building. If the church wants to add something, they want to build it, we've got the money, do it. I'm, you know, I'll help in it. I've always helped. I've done everything that I could. 
there was a time when I still had legs I could use. Uh, nobody had ever done any painting out here but me. The whole time I was here. Inside and outside the parsonage, inside and outside the church building here. I did everything. Worked and taught and did everything. I did it all. Because I could. Well, I can't do it now. Some things still have to be done. But we got to work together to do it. But not self-will. Not soon angry. Not soon angry. I've got a temper. You all wouldn't believe it, but I do. I'm not near, near as bad as I used to be. But I get angry at heresy. I get angry at heretics. Just like right now. Joe Biden and his bunch have made it possible, and they're doing it, selling abortion drugs over the counter. Baby murdering over the counter. That's what that guy up there has done. I'm not, I'm not into baby murderers. Amen. Well, I pray for him. Yeah, Lord, break his teeth. Amen. Do whatever you got to do to get rid of him. Not soon angry. Well, I think I'm not going to get soon angry at my wife. I can get sooner angry at my kids. <laughs> they can do it. They can bring it. But not to the point that you cause yourself to sin. That's why we need to keep our anger under control. That's why it says, be ye angry and sin not. Not soon angry. So a, a pastor must not be soon angry. Uh, there again, not given to wine, no striker. My brother ran a skating ring one time. I did a lot of work in there helping him get, get it ready for that. So I was up over there, and then he started letting uh, professional wrestlers use it, use his skating ring. I don't know what night of the week it was. A night or two a week, wasn't it? And so I was up there and helping to get things ready and all that. And uh, <clears throat> I was in pretty good shape. And this guy, manager, he wanted to manage me. He wanted me to get in the ring and wrestle. I watched some of them wrestle. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't have minded. I could probably handle it pretty good. But I said, no, I can't do that. I said, I'm a I'm a pastor, and I can't be seen doing that. That's not what I want to do. Now, if I wasn't a preacher, I might, I might take you up on it, just see, see how far I could go with it. <clears throat> but not, not a brawler. <laughs> and that's what that would, would be. Anyway, no striker, not given to filthy lucre. A lover of hospitality. I'm always thrilled to death when we 
like at Thanksgiving, we feed all the people, you know, and our little manor house out there. That thing is used a lot. You all may not know it, but that thing is used a lot. I mean, we just loaded it up. There's already room for more in there. Uh, anyway, we and we did very, bought some stuff. The church bought some stuff. And we did it very frugally, didn't we, dear? Got it very cheap. Anyway, but good stuff that people can get. So, well, I don't want some bones out there. Get. I want to have a place that somebody starving to death can get, get something to eat. I don't care who they are. They're human beings and they, they need to eat. I don't know what all the problems are. They, uh, well, let me tell you what. About every problem I've ever had, I've created. So why am I so down on somebody else? Anyway, so a lover of good men. Now that doesn't mean anything wrong. That means men that serve the Lord, honoring them. Sober, again, sober thinking. Just, fair, holy, separate to the Lord. Temperate, temperate. Have, have, have uh, self-control on all things. And holding fast the faithful word. As he has been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine. That's holding fast the faithful word. Be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Yeah. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. That was in their situation. In that time, the circumcision are the Jews. And Paul's writing this. Paul's one writing it. He knows what they are. Whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. Now, I have never been nice to heretics. I went to a house one time where Jehovah's false witnesses were coming. And there's a whole room full, living room full of people. The people that were there had attended church, but they weren't members. But they had invited them back. And they told them that they're going to have their preacher there, me. And so they got, they got their big dog to come there. Well, I made sure we're supposed to start at 7. I got there at about 5 after. Did that on purpose. Because I wanted them to already be involved in it. And I walked in, and there's a big dog. He's there t- talking, the other fellow with him. And they got up to shake my hand. I said, no, just sit down. I, I want to hear what you got to say. I didn't shake their hand. I don't shake a heretic's hand. Anyway, he opened up his book. And I said, hey, what's that you got there? He said, it's a, a New World Translation. I said, I thought you was, this was supposed to be a Bible study. Well, it is. I said, well, then get a Bible. 
That's not a version. That's a perversion. That's not a Bible. Put the thing away and get a Bible. I've got a Bible here. I didn't let them talk much more. They didn't like me at all. I didn't want them to like me. You understand that I did not want them to like me. I didn't want them amening me because they would have been amening something that I didn't want them to amen. That they couldn't amen. And I wasn't there for them. I was there to keep them from subverting that house. I think I accomplished that anyway. But what I'm saying is, Paul was not nice. John was not nice to heretics. John said, don't even allow them into your house. And don't bid them Godspeed, lest you be partaker of their heresies. Jesus wasn't nice to them. Woe be unto you, scribes, Pharisees, you hypocrites, you whited sepulchers. John the Baptist called them vipers and the offspring of vipers. So though they were, this stuff about you got to be nice to everybody. No, not on your life. Not me. And when I was debating, helping Gerald Smith debate the Campbellites, I didn't shake hands with them. I had them some, some mad. But they were heretics. And I wasn't there trying to be friends with them or to have a joint worship service with them. And I told them that. But anyway, so the pastor has got his qualifications. And we go through 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus, and we see all the things that he's supposed to do. I'll get on this again. But some people think the pastor is to do everything. That's what was thought when I came out here. I mowed all the grass. We didn't have this back building. It was all grass. Didn't have all this. And they never bought me a lawnmower. I had to get a used mower wherever I could. And I pushed mower to mow all this grass. I did the painting. I did all this stuff. And then it want me to visit everybody's house. That's good if you can do it. You've got time to do it. But here, keep this in mind. When we join this congregation, we read the church covenant. We agreed to meet at the meeting place. Did we not? My responsibility is not to be in everybody's home. If I can be, fine. But our responsibility, I'm here three times a week. Actually, more than that. Four, and more than, I'm here every day. Unless I'm sick. And I haven't been sick very much. But I'm here all the time. You know where to get me. My phone number's on that bulletin. I've got that cell phone. We've got a church phone. You know how to get a hold of me. Do you not? Everybody, I'm available and you can't bother me you can't uh, interfere with me this is what I do but as far as going out and visiting I can't do all that I really never could but anyway I certainly can't now with the safe I'm in but 
we'll go into that more, everything that a pastor is supposed to do. Let's stand.